Welcome to the She Village Podcast, where it takes a village to raise a mom. And this is episode four, the postpartum mom. And we are your hosts, Justine, Datriel, Lakeisha, Diamond, and Amber. And today we will discuss our own personal experiences with postpartum depression and baby blues. Hi, ladies. Hey. Hey. (laughs) All right. So today is going to be a pretty um, deep topic. We're going to dive into postpartum depression. So there's two things. Um, There's baby blues and there's also postpartum depression. And a lot of women, I think uh, moms, don't know the difference. So for baby blues, typically it only lasts a few days to a week after your baby is born. You may have mood swings, anxiety, sadness. You may feel overwhelmed. You may cry for no reason, have reduced concentration, issues with your appetite, and trouble sleeping. For postpartum depression, it gets mistaken a lot as baby blues at first, but the signs and symptoms are a little more intense and they typically last longer. And symptoms usually develop within the first few weeks after giving birth. It can include depressed mood, severe mood, excessive crying. You may have difficulty bonding with your baby. You may withdraw from your family and friends, lose your appetite, have issues sleeping, fatigue. You may feel hopeless and you may even have suicidal thoughts. So I can, this is Lakeisha speaking. I can definitely say I experienced postpartum. I want to say it started for me. It probably started while I was pregnant, but when I first really identified it was in the hospital still after having um, my baby, that those days leading up to really about leaving the hospital and going home, I kind of got a little frantic all over again, like, oh, they're really about to send me home (laughs) with this child to do this all by myself. Um, And then, then when I got her home, that first week, I think was probably the toughest one for me. Um, if I didn't have Zariah's dad and my mom there helping me through it, I probably would have lost it. I really felt like I was losing my mind. Um, and it's probably because I love to sleep. And that was the one thing I wasn't getting (laughs) at all. Right. So I was really losing it. And the babies, of course, um, you hear about it. Oh, you're not going to get no sleep. (laughs) But I think that's like an understatement. It's really, really true um <laughs> when you get into the thick of it they they want what they want they need what they need they don't really care what time it is they don't know what time it is they want it at that time so that was making me lose it a little bit and I think my guy would sense it because right when I was about to flip <laughs> he would come right in and save the day grab the baby no questions asked take it do whatever and then I would just turn right over and go right to sleep um <clears throat> but I think I really had some crazy thoughts during that first week. Like, what am I doing? Why did they even send me home with this baby? Why was I trying to leave the hospital so quickly? Like, while I'm there, like, why they got me here so much? Why I'm still here? I get home, like, what the heck was I asking for? They was helping me with everything. The nurses was swaddling her, putting her to sleep, letting me get rest. And I want to get home to this? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, I really was losing it. So I could totally agree that... It happens and it's real. But for me, I heard about postpartum, but I really didn't know much about it. You know what I mean? You hear people talk about it, um, but you don't hear a lot of people talk about it. And you really don't hear a lot of people share their experiences. 
So I kind of thought I was just going crazy, you know, um, until I started to talk to other moms and was like, oh, this, this is normal. <laughs> this is really, this is what happens. Okay. Made me feel a little better, but still had those crazy thoughts that were happening. So really for me, like I said, the first week probably was the hardest. And then after you finally kind of get a little comfort in it, they want you to take your baby to the hospital after like a week. And I freaked out all over again. Like, well, like it's like two days after. I'm like, I was <laughs> freaking out. I'm like, first of all, I got to get her dressed. <laughs> like she, I don't want to take her out the house for real because I'm, you know, that she's a baby and you kind of don't want to get kids out of the house that early. And my baby was born in the wintertime, so it's cold. <laughs> so I was really scared about that. So that was a process all in itself, getting her dressed, getting myself dressed, actually experiencing how long that was going to take. Uh, that was the first time knowing, oh, for the rest of my life, it's going to take us three hours to get ready in the morning. Okay, <laughs> Good to know. Uh, making sure I packed everything. Like I, it was just a whole new experience. So <clears throat> I was definitely losing it even during that moment. Then you get to the hospital and they give you this little questionnaire and you fill in everything out for the kid of things that she's doing, things how she's eating. And then the, where I went anyway, there's a questionnaire for me asking me about my state of mind and am I happy? Have I been smiling? Have I been laughing? And I completely freaked. I'm like, oh my God, is this a setup? Are they, try- are they trying to say I'm crazy so they could keep my baby here? Like I literally found myself going through those questions. Like I had to lie on every question just to be keep it real, 100% real. I was scared as heck. Like, okay, am I smiling? Hmm, maybe not, but I'm going to say yes. Have I laughed lately? No, ain't nothing funny about this, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Am I eating? No, <laughs> but I'm going to say yes. Like, I really went through that whole questionnaire, questioning everything. <clears throat> and I think that was my first indicator to really tell me something's wrong. <laughs> You're not yourself, clearly. <laughs> this questionnaire just made it that much more true for me. Um, So I don't know if other p- parents have gone through that, but I know even I talked to you about it just then. I was like, girl... Let me tell you, they gave me this questionnaire (laughs) and I was, girl, I had to allow every question. What was that about? I thought they were trying to keep my baby. So um, we definitely, Lakeisha and I, we talked about this a lot, actually. Uh, For me, my experience was um, pretty similar. However, so my hope, let me start from my pregnancy. So my pregnancy, a lot of people don't know my pregnancy was actually planned. Um, my husband, who was my fiance at the time, we actually planned to have a baby um, because I suffer from PCOS and I have fertility issues. So we went to my doctor, we discussed what my options would be so I can get pregnant. So I did fertility treatment and first time it didn't work. Second time I ended up pregnant. We were pretty excited. You know, uh, during my pregnancy, I had pre-gestational diabetes. No big deal. I was okay, but they recommended that I be induced closer to the time I was due. I agreed to be induced. And then I went into the hospital for the procedure and the medication they gave me to induce me uh, caused my baby's heart rate to drop. So I had to get an emergency C-section, which was cool. I'm like, oh, this is cool. He's, he's coming. We got the C-section. And then after the C-section, he had a lot of complications. Um, he couldn't keep a normal temperature. He um, had 
it was just like several things. And then he had to stay in the NQ, the uh, NICU, the nursery unit for babies. So that was <laughs> an issue on top of everything else that I was feeling after having to get a C-section and not being able to take my baby home. So for me, it was mostly just like, okay, you know, I can handle this. No big deal. So he was in the hospital for eight days after his dad and I had already went home and we had to leave him there. So that was a challenge. And then I went and got him after eight days. He came home. Cool. And then I'm like, what the heck? I don't know if it was baby blues, but or <laughs> the start of postpartum depression, but it became rough. Um, like Lakeisha said, sleep was like the most important thing to my life prior to having a baby. I used to nap whenever I wanted to. Shoot, when I used to work, I used to go to my car on my lunch break and even take a nap. That's how much <laughs> I liked sleep. Uh, so that changed a lot. Just me being extremely exhausted and tired because my husband, fiance at the time, he had to go back to work. We actually took, he took a certain amount of days off us thinking we would bring him home after I had him preparing for us to swap and, you know, both be there the first week or so. And he had to go back to work. So he helped out when he got home and gave me a break when he got home. But during the day, it was just me and Justin and it was, it was rough and I made it through, but I would say initially for me, I feel like what I was having was baby blues. And then my postpartum depression kicked in. I, I know it was postpartum depression. Once it was time for me to go back to work, having to pack the baby up and I get out in the morning that's when I knew something wasn't right. It was one particular morning. He was about three months. I packed us up in the car and I just kept forgetting stuff in the house. So at this point, I'm like bawling my eyes out crying. Like, oh, I forgot to put this in the diaper bag. I forgot my work laptop bag. Like bawling my eyes out in the car, just sitting there crying. So then I'm like, okay, I, I give myself pep talk. So I'm like, you got this, get it together. Justin's just in the backseat looking like, what's wrong with her? So <laughs> we go, we're backing out the driveway and I'm backing out as fast as I could. And my rearview mirror hit the fence and fell off. I put the car in park and I'm just crying hard. Like, what is wrong with me? So I had to call my husband like, you know, this is, not, I can't go to work. You know, I can't work like this. Something is wrong with me. I'm not going to work. I'm not dropping my baby off. So at that point, I knew someone right. <laughs> like, I'm just crying at the drop of the dime. I'm wrecking stuff on my vehicle. It was rough. Can any of you ladies relate to crying oh. for no oh, yeah oh yeah I, I think a lot of similarities um when it comes to your story so I'll start with my pregnancy uh this is diamond by the way um I had a very very complicated pregnancy um I delivered my son um at close to six months so I never made it um full term I suffered from um inflammation of the placenta I had a short cervix, um, so he ended up coming in September and I wasn't due until January 6th. Um, with him, because he came so early, uh, he was in the hospital for close to three months. 
he was in the NICU um, at Hutsu Hospital where I actually delivered um, and leaving him at the hospital, I lost my mind. Um, got in the car with my mom and I just couldn't stop crying. I could not stop crying. I'm like, you know, I'm blaming myself at this point, you know, like, what did I do? Like, what happened? What, like, can I prevent this? And he's, he went through so much. He was on oxygen for two months. You know, he had heart surgery. He had pneumonia. Um, shoot, the list just goes, you know, on and on. And I literally felt like I was dying every single day. Um, and on top of that, I, I kept working. I didn't stop. I didn't take a break. So my life became, okay, try to breastfeed, try to pump. That's the best milk he can have right now, the best nutrients to, to supply. So try to do that. Okay, I'm going to go to the hospital at 6 in the morning. I'm going to go to the hospital at 6 at night every day. And I'm there for hours and I'm still working a full shift. I'm still at work acting like everything is okay. I'm teaching. I'm still, you know, I got my, you know, my, my sisters at work. I got them at work, you know, trying to keep me up. But I just knew day by day, Diamond no longer existed. And at that point, I'm like, I'm going through a serious depression. Wow. And even after you know, we started to get to the happy moments of, okay, he'll be able to come home. That date changed about four times. Each and every time it was some good news, something bad followed. And I was just like, I'm not going to make it. I'm crying every single day. I'm crying on breaks. I'm crying in my car. <laughs> I'm crying on the way to the hospital. I'm crying when I leave the hospital. I'm like, I'm not going to have no attachment. You know, I don't get the bond. I can I can hold you sometimes, not all the time. You know, yeah, I just I just lost it. I, I lost who I was. Even after he came home, I still had no clue who I was. Hmm. And I think still to this moment, and he just turned two, I'm still putting together who Diamond actually is. And maybe even still dealing with postpartum depression because there's no age limit on when it stops. You know, there's no, all right, by the time he three, you should be good. Like, I, you know, I still find myself having those weak moments sometimes. So yeah, my story was a bit interesting for sure. No, absolutely. I think with breastfeeding, <clears throat> even doing that is hard. I noticed that I would try you know, everybody tells you the benefits of breastfeeding and how good it is. And when I was at the hospital with Zariah, she latched once. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is what it's going to be. That's going to be so easy. After that one time, she did not latch anymore. So it, it immediately flipped my mind to start using the pump. And I wasn't actually producing a lot. And I was kind of being hard on myself, even with that, like, you know, this is supposed to be a natural thing for women. Why am I not <laughs> able to do what my body's supposed to do. So that was one. Then we finally get home and on the top of already having the lack of sleep because I'm feeding, because I'm doing that, when she does finally go to sleep, that's the only opportunity I was really getting to even try to tr pump. And I noticed I was just, I was crying doing that. Like, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired. I'm sitting here with this pump on me for 30 minutes, an hour. And I looked down and 
it ain't nothing in there. I'm not even getting done out of this. I could have been asleep. But I was really, really trying to get her that nutrients. But I was putting a lot on myself, I realized. And honestly, I made the decision, I think when she was three months, to just say, you know what? We tried. We had a good, we gave a good effort, Zariah. But breastfeeding ain't for us. <laughs> this pump ain't for me. Like, I, when I say I boxed that pump back in the box it came in, and I felt so much relief when I put that box on a high shelf in the closet, I felt better. I don't know what, it might just be me, <laughs> but I was just putting so much pressure on myself to be able to to do that for her that I was further losing it and further losing myself. So that was like a huge relief for me was just taking that moment and realizing for me, hey, maybe this isn't for me or for my baby. We're gonna go ahead and stop. We box it up, we'll have to put her away. And when I say I felt so much better, <laughs> I felt a little guilty, but I felt so much better because I, it was one less thing on my list that I was trying to accomplish on top of raising this kid, on top of finding out what it was like to be a mother. So I kudos, Diamond. Um, and I remember what you were doing, <laughs> coming to work on time, working over because you know how those days were and going straight up to the hospital. So the, the fact that you were putting breastfeeding and pumping and all of that in there, I commend you, honey. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, uh, Keisha, you lasted longer than me with breastfeeding. I uh, probably his first week when he was in the hospital, that's probably my duration of how long I attempted to breastfeed him. I was pumping and stuff and taking it to the hospital. And I'm like, he just seemed hungry. They're like, no, he's fine. You know, I wasn't producing a lot. So I'm like, no. He needs more milk than what I can give him. He just seemed hungry to me. <laughs> so I did not last. I last about a week. <laughs> it's it's not easy. So when I, when I actually see parents and moms that are doing it and have been doing it to the kids of Tyler, I be literally applauding them every time I see it. So it's not as easy as, as it sounds for sure. And then even going back to work, <clears throat> I think that was another time when the light bulb went off for me that something wasn't quite right um on top of not really wanting to leave your kid uh, I was lucky because my kid was able to stay with mom so I had that trust and I was secure that you know she'd be fine so I was able to get back to work and I noticed I was not myself the, the things my direct reports were due would irk my nerves like I would find myself just getting so mad all the time. I would just really be in a, vet, a very bad disposition all day long. And only times, I, if I can recall, that I was actually even happy was when I was talking about the baby, right? So somebody be like, oh, how you doing? I'd be like, oh, I'm doing okay. They probably didn't even ask me about the baby. And I'm like, well, you know, I got the little one. And I'll make a conversation <laughs> up about her. That was like the only time I kind of felt- Your happiness. Like I yeah. wasn't mad, right? And I think that's a natural thing to just, you know, always talk about your kid. Cause I, I used to do that a lot too. Um, and I still do when people ask me how I'm doing. My kids, the first thing that come to mind when they ask me how I'm doing. Oh, you right. asked about my kids? No, we asked about- Right. <laughs> we didn't ask about that. <laughs> but I think for me- that was the only time I really had a happy conversation at work. When I first got back, I could even feel it. I was angry all the time. Agent would come in late. It would just make, it would infuriate me. And I would notice my agents um, at the time were also seeing things in me that I wasn't really seeing myself. Like they were going to, they was going to my boss almost every day on me about <laughs> what I, they was going in there all day, every day. And I would see them and I'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. go in there go tell like it was a bad 
bad time for me. <laughs> and then finally, it all came to a head. And my boss pulled me. He was like, hey, let's have a talk. So I go in there <clears throat> and we're discussing. And she's like, you know, is everything okay? And I really appreciated that conversation because it was really her checking up on me. And I remember her just asking me, like, you know, I noticed you're not like yourself. And I noticed this. And um, for example, I saw this the other day and I just immediately started crying. I didn't even hear what she was saying anymore. Just bawling, tears running down my face, uncontrollably uh, crying. Couldn't even stop myself. And I noticed at that moment, I realized like, oh my God, they're right. <laughs> Something is off with me. I'm not myself. What is it? And I really couldn't put my finger on what it was until that moment. And I'm like, oh my God. I, I kind of toddled with the idea that I may have been struggling with postpartum depression, but that moment really sealed it for me in the office, crying like a baby to my boss <laughs> and couldn't stop crying. And that really made it, that drove it home for me that I was really struggling with postpartum depression. Um, immediately started Googling even more about it because <laughs> we really don't know where to turn to when those types of things happen. Um, <clears throat> like I said, it's not talked about a lot. So even my mom, you know, she didn't have things that she did when if she even went through it she was just like oh no I don't know but I'm here for you I got you that kind of thing which is wonderful <laughs> but I really needed some idea of what was happening to me what I needed to do um, and who I needed to turn to and I think a couple conversations kind of led me to some ideas I know I talked about it with Justine a lot and she was already taking some steps that were encouraging to me and I'm like oh man okay maybe I need to explore that and then one time I'm, I'm doing a one-on-one -on -one session with one of my agents and she brings up to me that she's depressed. It wasn't postpartum depression. She didn't have children, but she was depressed. And she was going on and on about the things that were happening in her life that were making her depressed and why she was feeling the way she was feeling. And me as being her, her superior at the time, I, I got to give her a pat talk. You know, I got to get her back on the right track, get her thinking correctly to get her through her shift and get her through life. So in the pep talk I'm giving this young lady, I'm giving her the goods, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going in my bag, I'm my therapy bag, because in my <laughs> role, you got to, you kind of have to be not only a supervisor, at times we are therapists <laughs> to our direct reports in the position I'm in. So I'm giving her the goods. And then I'm, I'm thinking like, girl, you're not talking to her, you talking to yourself. Like, I really felt like she was the vehicle I needed to give myself that message to know it's going to be okay turn to therapy nothing wrong with therapy telling her that I'm like why I could tell her this so easily but for me it was such a struggle for me to actually admit that man I need therapy or man I really need to find a real resource for myself to get through what it is that I'm going through um so that was one of the struggles for me just realizing and accepting that for one it's nothing wrong with what's happening to me and there's nothing wrong with getting the help that I need to get if that makes sense definitely that makes that makes perfect sense <laughs> well I'll chime in and give a little bit of my my story this is Amber and um I don't think I experienced a lot of uh postpartum depression but I think it was more so like the baby blues especially after listening to Justine's um you know um background on the difference between the two of them um with my first daughter like I had a lot of support because I come from a really big family and um, 
a lot of people, it was my first baby. So everybody was, you know, how excited I was having my first baby. Everybody wanted to, after I had the, the baby, everybody was wanted to come over and see her. It was the summertime. She was, cause she was born in July. And so, um, well, I'll start from when I, I'll take it from when I, after, right before I had the baby, my pregnancy was fine. I had no issues with pregnancy up until the day that I went in to deliver, um, my blood pressure wouldn't go down and they were like, okay, well, we, you know, we got to go ahead and, uh, deliver her because her, your blood pressure won't go down. So we're going to try to induce your labor. So that's when, you know, nervousness kicked in because it's your first baby. You never had to deliver a baby before. So you get nervous. Um, so had the baby, everything was fine, but they couldn't get my blood pressure to, to go down afterwards. So they were giving me medicine and everything to get it down. And so finally, if they finally got like a hold of it. So I went back, um, after I had the baby, we got, we stayed in the hospital a little bit longer just because I did have, um, high blood pressure. They had to monitor it a little bit before I went home. Um, and I did nurse. So, uh, in the hospital, I think staying in the hospital for me a little bit longer helped me a little bit because, you know, I did get that help with, from the nurses and everything. And my baby latched on like right away. So for me, uh, that was easy because she just did like she was a natural and I didn't know what I was doing as far as nursing. But, um, you know, she she just went on and nursed and she ate and everything was fine. But I did have a lot of people because, um, you know, everybody doesn't nurse, like you said. So some people are like. Well, she crying. It seemed like she's still hungry, man. You know, trying to push me to go switch the formula or, you know, figure out what she needed and why she was crying. Because your milk don't kick in right away until you like a few days afterwards. So by the time I got home, uh, one day I was nursing her and like, I, you know, something was just dripping. I thought maybe the ceiling was leaking or something. I'm like, what is this? And that was my milk kicking in. <laughs> so that made me like really excited because I'm like, okay, I got this milk. Maybe she'll, you know, not cry. Maybe she'll sleep a little bit longer through the night. And um, she and I slept on the couch for a while just because I, I didn't want her in the bed with us. So that was my way. Okay, we'll just sleep on the couch until we get used to each other, get used to nursing and get a routine down. Um, so everything was, like I said, I didn't experience too many postpartum depression issues with her. And, and then when I went back to work, uh, that first day was hard for me. Like you, like you all said, like, I already didn't want to go back to work. And, um, I remember like within the first hour I was in a conference room crying like crazy. And then I'm like, you got to pull it together, Amber, pull it together. So I did. And I was fine the rest of the day. So for my first daughter, I had no issues besides that one day. But when my second daughter, the same issues, I had high blood pressure. We had to stay in the hospital a little bit longer. And uh, since I nursed my first daughter, it was a little bit easier for me. But I'm still, you know, hoping like, OK, I hope I can nurse her as long as I did my other daughter. Uh, Cause with Jade, I didn't really have a set plan. I just was like, okay, maybe we can make it through the first three months. And then after the first three months with nursing, I'm like, okay, hopefully we can make it through the first, the next three months. And me and her, I nursed her all the way up until she was 10 months. And that's when I found out because my milk supply had dropped so low and I had to start incorporating formula in because I found out I was pregnant with my second daughter. 
And then, so uh, getting back to Jayla, my pregnancy with her, um, like I said, I stayed in the hospital a little bit longer. And I remember the first night she cried, like uh, my boyfriend, he went, you know, after hours, everything shuts down in the hospital. So he like, okay, I'm going to get us some snacks or something. And um, he came back, he was like, I can hear her crying all the way down the hallway. So I'm like, well, you know, hopefully, I, I think with babies, I, I think they are hungry, but that colostrum, I don't think it's enough for them to get full. So that may have been, you know, a reason why, but that, that right there, um, as far as not let, allowing her to nurse like she wanted to in that that first few days at the hospital i think that may have made me nervous in itself and then i was also thinking about okay jade is at home you know just thinking about her and how she might have felt because we just we didn't she stayed with us most of the time but she never really spent the night over house anybody's house too long so i was just worried about you know okay is she how is she feeling at the same time trying to get my other baby to nurse so uh that in itself uh, allowed me to feel a little bit down. And then I remember after coming home, maybe within the first few weeks, I had one day where, um, I just wanted to go in the bedroom and cry with my second daughter, Jayla. Um, uh, when I had her, I also nursed, my blood pressure was also up. So I stayed in the hospital a little bit longer with her. Um, but, uh, she was a little bit different. Um, I did get her to latch on, but she was a crybaby. So <laughs> she cried a lot in the hospital. And I just remember one night um, when my boyfriend went to go get us some snacks from the um, store because the hospital had shut down for the night. Uh, he heard her crying from like from the, down the hallway. Um, so um, after I get her home from the hospital, of course, we introduced her to Jade. And, you know, everything was um, pretty much fine, which Jay actually took to Jayla a lot better than I thought she would. Um, but um, it was just, I don't know, Jayla, she, like I said, she cried a lot. And uh, I, it, I was up many nights with her. But I do remember one day um, uh, my boyfriend was cooking breakfast. It was early in the morning, like on a Saturday or something. And... Um, I just couldn't get her to stop crying. So I just, I don't know, for some reason, like I said, I think I had maybe the baby blues because um, I just got so mad that day. And I'm like, okay, y'all go ahead and eat breakfast and I'll go in here in the room. I can't get her to stop crying. And I just went in the room and started, you know, bawling my eyes out of, um, too, because I, I guess because I just couldn't get her to stop crying. And that's when my boyfriend came in like, no, you're going to come out here and eat breakfast with us. And we going, you know, every, you're not going to sit in the room and cry. So after that, uh, that was like my only issue with her as far as the baby blues is concerned. Um, I, of course I had many restless and sleepless nights just from her not sleeping well. I think she, we couldn't get her to, we got her a different bassinet and she slept good when we first got her home but then after that it was just like i don't know i don't know if she just wanted to be up under me because she is a mama's girl and she always wants to be up under me but um she just didn't never slept really well at night so um that was my story as far as baby blues and uh postpartum depression she probably was crying because previously you mentioned maybe in a previous episode 
she likes to eat. So that's why Jayla probably was crying because she likes yes, she loves to eat. <laughs> yeah, that could be the reason why. I mean, I I get a I know what she wants now. I can read her a little bit better now. Jade was like an easy baby. Like she really didn't have any issues, but Jayla was the one I'm like trying to figure out. Plus, I had Jayla, Jade, I'm sorry, I had Jade at home with me. So it's I have a you know, one year old here, plus I have a baby. But the good thing was that um, Dale was able to, with his, he um, has his own company now. So he was able to take off the winter time and help me. And I was just so gun hold on, like, okay, we're not having a bunch of visitors. Um, you know, it's, it's winter time. I had her in January, like Lakeisha said. So I was just worried about, you know, being, getting, getting her sick and, coming out in the winter because she still had to go to her doctor's appointments and then that's when the quarantine kicked in and I was really like okay we can't have no visitors right now we got to make sure you know everything is good and I was even more upset because when I went back I had worked for like a month and I went back and I'm like okay it's this um, pandemic is going on they making us come into the office right now uh, it's people at work coming up sick and it's nothing really that I could do except quit. I didn't want to do that. So I finally talked my doctor into like, okay, we don't know what the pandemic, like how the virus affects breast milk. Um, plus you have, plus my blood pressure was up. So she finally wrote me a letter and I was able to take off for the remainder of like the spring. And I went back to work at the beginning of June, end of May, something like that. So that was my story. Thank you for sharing that with us. So we have a mom, a baby blues mom. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And you know, I've heard of both of them, but I never really knew the difference until uh until Justine, you read those. And it's really not, it's it's still a it's not a fine line between the two of them. I don't think it's not right. They're very similar, but you know, certain certain triggers would probably be more on the scale of postpartum postpartum depression. And I think it's just important that new moms, women that want to become mothers, women that are moms now, just um, kind of know the difference. Um, So then you can know, you know, what's wrong with you and what to do to possibly tackle whatever the issue is that you're having. Right. And And I I don't even think it's so, so much as what's wrong with you. Just what's, what are you experiencing? I think that when I was talking about that questionnaire, that was kind of one of the drivers. Um, if you remember just seeing our, our early talks of She Village, that was one of the things that really pushed us towards this platform because we want to make sure you don't feel ashamed to do that. Like I literally hid behind that questionnaire and lie on every single question. And in all actuality, if I were honest, maybe they would have presented some of those resources to me. I think <laughs> just more knowledge for me, knowing what these things were and not not thinking it was a setup in my little crazy head um, <laughs> and more so an opportunity to um, to possibly get that help and not have to go the, the hard way to get it the way I did. So, yeah. And I think one common thing that all of us talked about is like having support. So I think um, it's important for mothers to make sure that they are even because I know in the beginning, I'm like, okay, no, I don't need help. You know, I can do this. I, I, if I feel like everybody should have some type of support um, as far as taking fan, if somebody offers it, take it because, or if somebody say, okay, I'm gonna come over and watch the baby while you sleep, like take that, 
take that opportunity to get some rest to make yourself better because that would help you with your um you know your depression your um getting back to normalcy i think right except that help agree i agree because i'm for me you know it's really hard for me to accept help from anyone and then now having a a baby when i had he when he was a baby you know i've never been the type to accept help from people you know i'm always i'll just do it myself if you want something done just do it yourself and like amber just stated like it is important to accept help um so i do have some people in my corner some people in my life um that we're reaching out like you want me to sit with the baby i'll come over and i'm truly thankful for those those individuals that you know extended their hand like and their moms as well so they know like it's hard and you know i'm here to help we're here to help i'll come over sit with them while you take a nap and it's happened and i have been thankful like thank god i was able to get a nap because right. I miss those naps. So that was important. <laughs> <It's a big laughs> deal. And I wasn't even like a sleeper like that. Like I didn't require ever much sleep, like a full eight hours. I don't think I ever really had to have a, a full eight hours of sleep. So for me, sleep wasn't that important. But when you have a baby, it's like, okay, especially with me nursing, because the baby don't care what time it is. They want to eat. If it's yeah. three, four o'clock in the morning, two o'clock, and you got to get up for work, they don't care. So for me, nursing at night was kind of hard because, you know, like it's I've read that when you nurse, it's natural that you get sleepy, tired, um, especially in the middle of the night. So if you already been up all day with the baby and you got to stay up to nurse them like that could affect you mentally right there. Oh, for sure. Definitely. I think that's important is accept all help and support and if you are able to um you know get somebody to come over and and support you or any way possible because i remember when i first had jade um a few of my cousins came over with dinner for me and my boyfriend and and um i didn't have to cook so that was even a blessing for us like you're gonna come see the baby and bring dinner and everything that was that was really um something that was helpful helpful for us yeah, the little things matter. Um, even if it's not been able to offer your time to go over and be with that person, just checking in on them is a big deal. I think a lot of people have the idea like when a mom has a baby or they, they need that time to themselves, let me leave them alone. That's kind of when they need you the most just to text them and say, hey, how are you? How's the baby? But really just checking up on the mom. I had a few um, direct reports that reported to me when they would have a baby, you know, we try to do like a little cute work um shower but after the fact i really made it a point to text i'm like hey just checking in how you doing how's it going what things are happening how's the baby and i really didn't see the importance of it until one of my um, direct reports came back from leave and was just like you know what you was like one of the only people that actually checked up on me i appreciate that so much and i'm like wow okay that that really meant a lot to her like that type of stuff matters too just checking in on people don't yeah, they might want some space, but that don't mean just abandon them. <laughs> just check in, see how they're doing, make sure that they're actually faring through what they're experiencing. Yeah, this is Daytrio. I can pretty much relate to um, all of you ladies' story. Um, oh, I can go back to remember when I even found out I was pregnant because I was like, who? Who is? 
So, um, and and just I, I definitely dealt dealt with uh, postpartum depression. Um, I remember when you know, even after having my son, I want to say um, it was that same day we were. You know, the the nursing lady came in and she was teaching me, you know, how to get him to latch because my son would not latch at all. He would not latch. It was like he was just moving his head all around it. <laughs> so it was like, okay. And then um, she was like, well, you know, just just pump, you know, he'll get there. And I remember um, it, it, it kept me in the hospital maybe three days. After three days, they're ready to kick you out of there. And they wanted to keep my son, actually. And for me, you're not going to keep my son without me. So they they got it. Well, the, they... They ended up letting me take him home, but I did have to bring him back the very next day. But I remember being in the car in the backseat with him and I just bust out in tears. And I remember my mate saying, are you crying? I'm like, he won't latch. Like I was just bawling in tears because I just felt like I was doing something wrong. He won't latch onto me. I'm not producing milk. And, you know, she, the, the nurse did tell me, you know, it can take a couple of days, but I just felt every bit of bad. Like I can't feed him. He's going to starve. That's just how I felt. And oh, I remember the, when I finally produced the milk, I was that, oh, the, I was so excited. You couldn't tell me nothing, but I still couldn't get him to latch. So my hat goes off to you. The, uh, Amber, you said you, you, you know, you breastfed up to 10 months. I let that go after a month. So <laughs> that, that, that was, I was glad that I was able to do it. Um, but it, it is, that's a process in itself, but there was, it was a lot. It was a lot of things I didn't even notice that my mate was noticing about me. I was isolating myself sometimes from them. You know, they would be out in the living room and I'll go disappear into another room. And in my eyes, I didn't really see anything wrong with it. I, I guess I really wasn't, you know, I don't know, but it was just, I will always just go to a separate room than them. And um, there was times where I would hold him and I would think, you know, can I do this? And am I, am I, you know, am I built to do this? Am I doing it right? Like I, I had so many thoughts running through my head. Right. And I remember I just always was crying, just always crying. And I know <laughs> it got to a point where he talked to his mom, you know, and, you know, she, she was like, well, maybe she's going through postpartum. And I, he texted me, he was like, can we sit down and talk? And he was like, I think you're going through postpartum. <laughs> I thought it was so cute. So I just, yeah. I, you even take an initiative to notice certain things. And, you know, you kind of went to go talk to someone yourself because you, you know, we're both new to this. Right. So you don't know really how to deal with it. But you noticing that I constantly want to be in a different room than you guys. Exactly. So... And after that day, I did started to notice, you know, I am isolating myself. I am finding myself. And it's not that I didn't know I was crying in random places. It was just, I was just crying. You didn't correlate it to yeah, something it just, being different, right? Yeah. Something being wrong. So it was just like, okay, you know. And I, I would say my mate was very helpful through that, that, that process, that time, you know, the sleep. I don't think it was necessarily... I didn't sleep so much anyway before I even had a child. It was the not being able to go to sleep when I wanted to. That's what it was for me. You know, so it was, oh, God. <laughs> I used to, you know, there was time like I'm ready to go to sleep, but he's up. He's he's wanting to do something or, you know. Um, 
it oh god it was a lot <laughs> that the beginning stages were definitely a lot and honestly I still feel like I kind of go through postpartum a little bit I I think I uh talked to Diamond actually recently and I found myself crying and I think it was just more so of he's about he's about to be one and literally one more in next week the next week and he, he's about to be one and in my head I, I was thinking like how in love I am with this little boy and it was more more like happy tears. I won't say necessarily postpartum. It's just random tears I find myself doing. But it's just because I made it through this journey. We made it to one. We still right. got a long way to go. But yeah. I made it to one. When there was a time where I thought, I could not do this. Yeah, like, I oh, think we all had that thought at one like, point, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know when Jay turned one, I was also like, man, she not a baby no more. She about to be yeah. one year old. <laughs> he was already walking by one, like. You know, they don't need you as much. They starting to become a little bit more independent. Yeah. That's and like my son one day. He was playing and it was like maybe a good 30 minutes in his room. And I started to feel some type of way. Like, excuse me. You're right. Like, you don't want to play with mommy. <laughs> like, you know, just random moments of stuff. But yeah, I think that's going to be a, a ongoing thing. Like you said, it's a, so many transitional stages in anybody's life but in a kid's life and that might be something that we would probably circle back to these feelings all over again when we start to see them pushing us away and not needing as much as much as they do so um I think I even read somewhere that postpartum people have postpartum even up to the, when the kid is grown so I don't think it ever really stops it's like not a, there's not an age limit to it and I don't think it's exclusive to just mothers. I think it could be um, something yeah, that that fathers go through too. So yeah, just that awareness needed. I agree as well. You know, just piggybacking off of some of the things you all stated. Um, a little backtracking, like as far as ways that I knew that I had it. Uh, my son, he had to go to daycare like three times a week. And then he went to a family member's house two times a week. So him going to daycare was like the most stressful thing ever for me because it seems like every time he came back from daycare he was sick so that in itself like tears that's when the tears like him coming home you know me and my husband like is his nose running again is he coughing again do we need to take him to er like Every time he went to daycare and came back home, we we felt like he caught something and he was sick. And, you know, that was our only option. I had to work. He had to work. So it was like, what else can you do? You know, I don't have another family member other than my aunt who was only available twice a week, you know, to take him to the other three days. And I still have to go to work. So that within itself was just like, whew. If he gets sick again, I'm gonna go up to that daycare. You know, <laughs> it's gonna be some for real. And I was asking That's questions it. every time I went to like, okay, you know, you have a sick rule. Why you keep letting sick kids come back? Because I would right? keep him home sometimes. When most of the time when he got sick, I would keep him home until he's better. Then he'll go back and get sick again. So I'm like, this this too much. I I'll say this. My son went started daycare in two months. That was hard on me, too, because he was the youngest in daycare. And I think just with him being so young and all the other kids are older and, and my son after actually at two months, he ended up catching the flu. So that just made me so sad because I felt like I failed at that point, too. Like, 
oh, my son's only two months and then already caught the flu. And, you know, that was that I, I just think as mothers, period, we just want to do nothing but possibly put our babies in bubbles and protect them from everybody, the world, just period. Um, when we, we, we can't. And I eventually started to learn as I was going that one, this made me completely strong, like certain things that I may have, you know, I don't know, pushed to the side or anything of that sort was a no go for me. When it came to my child, that was I was on it. I didn't care who you were. I will cuss you out. Excuse me, mother. (laughs) (laughs) But I, and and Keisha and Dime, you guys know, even with the daycare, like I will cuss you Mm -hmm. out. (laughs) So it it made me just a completely different woman. And and it's continuing to make me a different woman to this day. Like it's just, I, I enjoy the journey and you know, just dealing with the, the emotions and, and, and everything. But up until now, it's making me a better woman, a better mom. Like, I'm for no gains when it comes to that little one. Agreed. Same Agreed. here. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. Everybody always think, you know, oh, Keisha, the quiet one. Okay. Okay. She made that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because before you had kids, there's certain things you probably would have just ignored. You probably mm-hmm. swept under the rug. But don't play with me when it comes to true. Well, just don't play with All me. Right. That's just <laughs> I agree. I used to let a lot of stuff go, brush it off. But now that I have, like you said, a mom, no. A lot of stuff I'm not letting go. So that's why a lot, a lot of times I just try to not engage into some things just because I don't want to have it to go any further <laughs> than what I need. Well, I've always been a riot. <laughs> and I think me actually becoming a mother, actually, I turned the switch a little bit. Now, like Daytrio said, like when it comes to the kid, though, you know, like it's up there. And that's a, a Detroit saying. <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to the kid, so, you know, but as far as everything else, I have to be a little more, okay, let me think about that before I do that, because I used to get into some trouble. (laughs) I I get that. (laughs) And I have to think about him first before I go flipping out on people, but, you know, there's still some capability. Equation has changed, so you got to (laughs) really question it and pause and think about things. Now, can't just act. (laughs) I look over Justin looking at me like, now nah, you gotta go off on that because they cut you off. <laughs> you are in the car, aren't you? So you know. That reminds me, I was out shopping yesterday, and um, oh no, we had took the baby to get her ear earrings cut now after she got her ears pierced like a few weeks ago, and we were walking up to the to the, to the um, door, and somebody came flying down the street in the little parking stretch. I mean, in the parking lot. And I immediately went off because I had the baby and I had, my mom was with me and we had Jay, she was walking, you know, too. So I'm like, you know, slow down. Like, and then after they, she finally stopped and she, after we walked past, I noticed she didn't even stop at the stop sign. So that really pissed me off. Like, (laughs) listen, (laughs) you not about to be flying through the parking lot and it's, you don't know who's walking around, you know? So that sometimes, sometimes it's stuff that triggers me also driving on the way to work dropping the kids off in the morning <laughs> exactly and i think i, get rid of uh, I think a lot of the things we talked about today play into temperament you know what i mean yeah <laughs> for sure 
Yeah, I remember the first ride coming home with Jade too. I, me and my boyfriend, we both said at the same time, like it seemed like I don't know if we were just more cautious because we had her in the car with us. Mm -hmm. This was our first time bringing her home. But it seemed like everybody around us was like super going super fast, ninety mile, eighty miles an oh, yeah, hour. Of course, slow on the freeway. <laughs> feel like you know you told precious cargo. I remember that ride. We barely moving, driving super yeah, slow. Yeah, driving. No bump. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> No one is saying else flying that way. Like, <laughs> you was going too fast. Yeah, right. yes. I'm only talking about baby like, with right. this car. Why is you going the speed limit? My Listen. baby over here. <laughs> and I was quick to go by the, the sign that said baby on board, smacked it on the back of my window. Oh, I was listening. <laughs> and then that makes you more mad, that. though, because you think people disregarding that since you got your little statement on your car. Yeah. Like, you don't oh, they ignore that. Car? They'll still ride you. <laughs> They'll do everything regardless of that sign on your, your car. Like, Listen, don't have no road rage with my kids in the car because that really makes me upset. Like, really <laughs> triggers me. Oh, Amber, I can't pick you up there. No <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, well this, this one was a deep one today. Um, so to all our listeners, if you are experiencing postpartum depression, just remember you are not alone and it is okay to seek help. It is okay to, to say that you're going through this, this type of thing. Um, we will post some resources on our pages to kind of point you in the right direction. If you do not know where to start to seek that help um, to our she villagers, thank you for listening. Thank you as always for your continued support. Uh, this episode and all future episodes are available on all platforms so please do not forget to subscribe subscribe don't forget to follow us on facebook and instagram at she village 20 um, as you know we want to hear from you we want to know your experiences tell us if you had some experiences with postpartum or baby blues or if you didn't how did you navigate it um, anyway without it uh, we will review all submissions that we receive and we are looking to select a mother of the month each month as our she village mother of the month we want to take some time to say congratulations to our November Mother of the Month, Micah. Thank you so much for sharing your story with the village. Um, guys, please be sure you're checking out our, our sites, our Instagram and Facebook pages to see more about Micah's story. Also, congratulations to our Adopt a Mother for Thanksgiving winner, Lola. Um, also, check our Instagram and Facebook to see her story as well. Um, remember, guys, as you continue your journey of motherhood, the village is with you. Until next time, she village out. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.